You're listening to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. It is Opposite Monday here on Detroit Today, the time when we try to get somebody with a different perspective on politics and policy into the studio to talk with me. In the role this week is Wayne Bradley. He is a political consultant and managing partner of American Urban Strategies. Uh, He is the former African-American director of the uh, state GOP, uh, or I should say director of the state GOP's African-American efforts. I'm not sure what your title was doing that, but uh, (laughs) I know you were trying to help them out with black folks. Yes, essentially trying to bring more (laughs) black people into the fold of the Republican Party. Right. Uh, Well, welcome back to the show, Wayne. Thank you. Always good to see you. Um, You just heard Wayne County Executive Warren Evans talking about the issues that face Wayne County. What do you make of the situation the county is in over the last decades and the growth that we're seeing now? Should we be thinking that we're out of the woods or is there a lot more work to do? Well, I mean, I think there's still more work to do, but Warren Evans has done a great job uh, as the executive, uh, the leader in Wayne County. Um, I think you've seen, obviously, him and Mike Duggan working together, uh, which, again, makes for a stronger Wayne County. Uh, I think the, the what he did with the jail situation t- turned out into being a big win for Wayne County, and uh, I, I salute him for doing such a good job on that. Um, do do you? Um, I was talking with him about the ways in which we make sure that local governments are funded, right? right. Uh, that that we are very heavily dependent on property taxes. County governments, uh, city governments don't have access to income taxes the way they do in some other states. I wonder if you have thoughts about changing the the, the structure in in Michigan and making sure that local governments are able to get more money. Even when there's growth and recovery, they are held back by things like Prop A and the Headley Amendment. And, and restrained from going to the place where growth is taking place and saying, all right, that growth ought to help fuel government as well. Well, I mean, I think that those are the kind of things that uh, you ought, they ought to bring up with st- the state legislator. Obviously, now you have a Democrat that's in charge. Maybe some of these things can get done. Uh, having a Republican-led uh, House will, you know, will complicate these things. But I think that there's a good argument to be made that uh, the counties that are experiencing this growth probably need more of their revenue right now. Uh, but again, we we go through this whole thing in Michigan of where does revenue go and what is it being used for, and I think that's going to be a big debate moving forward as we're talking about uh, raising gas taxes and things like that. Yeah. Um, I wonder what you make uh, of Governor Whitmer's proposed gas tax increase in that in that context. We need a lot more money no question. in state government to mm-hmm. deal with roads. I would argue we need a lot more money for a bunch of things. State government has a little better handle, I think, on revenue than local governments do in Michigan. But uh, the governor says to make up that $2 billion gap that we have right now between what we have and what we need for roads, 45 cents more at the at the pump, 45 cents per gallon more at the pump. That's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. <laughs> but I, I've made this point before on the show. If I add up just the money I've spent on my car fixing it right. since last fall, I'm at way more than what I will spend at the pump 
paying 45 cents more per gallon in a year. I mean, I'm at, well, at I least think the, I think the biggest issue when I hear a lot of Republicans, obviously most Republicans are against raising any kind of taxes, uh, but I think the bigger thing that you're seeing is if we raise this 45 cents, is that whole 45 cents going to go to fixing the roads? Or are we going to use that to plug other holes in the budget, pay for pensions? Because that's what happened with this last time, even with Governor Snyder, is that uh, the money that he did get, a lot of it did not go to fixing the roads. And I think that is the frustration uh, with Republicans when you listen to what they're, you know, they're saying, well, we're not even using the money that we had said we were going to use. So why would we raise taxes again? I think that that is... Uh, where you're going to get a lot of objections, besides the fact that then our gas will probably be either the first or second most expensive in the country, uh, and you're just not seeing that investment go back into what it, I, I don't think most people would have an issue with fixing the roads if they thought all the money was going to fix the roads. So, so I mean, and that's an interesting argument. I hear that a lot, right? Mm-hmm. People say they take our money and say they're going to do something, and they don't do it. But what's the answer to that? There's no question that we are short right. on on money for roads. We don't collect enough money at the pump or other places to do it. What if you're not going to just if you're not going to just raise those taxes? Where does the money come from? Well, I mean, I think you have new revenues, new revenues coming in right now. Is even with this medical marijuana and the legal legalization, I think there's other revenues, and I think that uh, you have to also the idea that government's not wasting money right now. Uh, is just far fetched, and that's not. I guess that's a pr- Republican perspective, but I'm sure some Democrats could agree as well that uh, that we really do need to get into what's being wasted, as as well as just saying, well, let's just raise taxes on it, because that's the lazy route, in my opinion, on sometimes on how government gets things financed is by just simply raising taxes and millages, and I, I think that if we want to keep people in Michigan, uh, the same people that you know, like how you saying you have the money to pay for your car to get fixed. A lot of people in Detroit are a lot of not in, do not have yeah. That a lot money. of people are not in that position, uh, but they're also not in a position to be paying more at the pump, uh, and you know car insurance being as high as it is. So when you talk about raising a, the gas tax forty five cents, that hurts black communities more than it does uh, other communities, and we're the ones that helped obviously get Governor Whitmer. Uh, elected, so I think that there just needs to be a a, more, a better process, and we need to really pay attention to what we're wasting. Because I guarantee you could find uh, probably a couple hundred million dollars, if not more, in waste. Yeah, but we need two billion dollars. Well, a we lot you're not going to get. I mean, to be honest, I don't know. They said you need two billion dollars a year. A year, right? For the for how long? In 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 perpetuity. Yeah, that's we we're underfunding the roads. So then again, we need to look at some you know new revenue sources. We will have some of those coming in now, uh, but we need to and, you know we need to be more aggressive about bringing more businesses into to Michigan so that we can help pay the, for those roads. I mean, there are businesses that are have been leery of coming and investing in Michigan because of the infrastructure. Uh, so I think that that it, it, we have to look at waste, and then we have to look at ways we can bring in businesses that can help. Um, pay for some of these things to get done. My guest is Wayne Bradley. He's a political consultant and managing partner of American Urban Strategies, former state director of African-American engagement for the Michigan Republican Party. He is here because it's opposite Monday when (laughs) I try to invite somebody into the studio who sees the world a little differently than I do to talk about politics and policy. If you want to join the conversation, uh, give us a call. We're talking about Governor Whitmer's proposed gas tax. We're going to talk 
a little national politics in a bit. Uh, we'll talk a little more about uh, President Trump's attacks on the late Senator John McCain in Shame. particular, which un, un, unbelievable uh, things that he said over the over the weekend. If you want to join the conversation, as always, the number on the phones is 313-577-1019. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there, or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll try to work you into the conversation. Let's talk a little about national politics and... <clears throat> Uh, the 2020 presidential election, which mm-hmm. I, I'm one of the people who is really annoyed that <laughs> it is March of 2019 and you already have what? 15 candidates. 15 candidates who say they want to be president, which means that they are now raising money and campaigning and that press coverage of that race will look like it will look like it's an imminent issue Circus. for the next what now the Year. 20 months yep. i i'm not a, i'm not a fan of that I, I think it's one of the things that gets in the way of of our need to govern but there's nothing to do about it right, right. that's the way it is there is there is a two-year cycle to run for president i i will say though that i am really intrigued by the number of candidates that mm-hmm. we've seen raise their hand and of course by the range of those candidates, the range in terms of gender, the range in terms of policy, the range in terms of ideas. This is this is a different cast of characters than I think I've seen in any presidential primary in my lifetime. I wonder if you're, you're seeing the same thing. Uh, well, it's, it's, the irony is it's starting to shape up to looking like how our primary was in 2016, where you had 16, 17 different candidates. Uh, but I, from the standpoint of just the the quality and positions that these candidates are taking, uh, yeah, this is definitely something new. Uh, I don't think I've ever seen so many Democrats clamoring for uh, reparations, which I think is, a, is an interesting conversation. Um, and so... I think the the challenge is going to be how far to the left are these Democrats going to go? That's that to me. That's what the conversation will be. If you get someone that's too far to the left or someone that I think is pushing what we would call socialism, uh, President Trump will probably win a second election. Is is that a real fear, given what we saw at the midterms when we saw several far left candidates for Mm -hmm. Congress? And that's different, of course, than the presidency. But we saw people like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez win. We saw Rashida Tlaib win here in southeast Michigan. These are candidates who sit pretty far to the left. Mm -hmm. Voters, I think, are maybe in a different state of mind about politics and saying, let's really shake things up and send people who have a different set of ideas. Well, I mean, I think the 13, you know, in fairness, those districts that these new newcomers have come into were fairly liberal districts in the first place uh and it'll be interesting to see if they keep if those they can hold those seats <laughs> if they keep sure. those seats because i think uh rashid talib in particular being in detroit i i personally don't think she is touching on the issues for detroiters right now i think she's touching national issues uh, that bring a lot of attention to herself and she's talking about but a lot of the things she's brought attention to herself for have nothing to do with Detroit well, what, Can you give me an example of one of those issues? Well, I mean, I think the, the thing that she's getting caught up, uh, and I don't know if she's doing it intentionally or if she has people around her that think these are you know, these, some of the more controversial 
Uh, if anyone could put the anti-Semite label or anti-Semitism label on you, I think you're in trouble uh, in southeast Michigan or in particular anywhere where you rely on liberals to help fundraise because those are that's some of your base. So, so what are you saying that she's I don't think she I don't think she is, but I think that uh, she's she's pro for her, you know, her culture, her people. And I think that unfortunately uh, it's easy to put that label on people but no i don't think she's anti-semitic but she's pretty liberal uh in terms of her agenda i don't i haven't heard much about jobs i've heard more about well she's talking about auto insurance she's talking about income inequality she's trying to in, hold what, what can we do as a government for income equality that's I, you know that's a great calling card to get well, people's attention I think holding corporations accountable for hiring people for expanding the workforce mm-hmm. I mean, the government subsidizes a lot of these companies far more than they subsidize individuals, right? We talk about welfare. Corporate welfare is way bigger than individual welfare in this country. I think she's done a lot to draw attention to those issues and say, we ought to be thinking about these things differently. The auto insurance issue is a huge issue for people here in Michigan, and especially in Detroit. I don't know know that I agree with you that, that she's not serving those interests. She is also getting national attention because of the the type of idea she has, right? They they are further to the left than well, most that's, of the mainstream. You know, and I think that that uh, as I was talking with your producer before he came in here, I said that uh, the Democrats are going so far to the left that they're going to end up possibly turning off what I consider their white middle class, uh, you know, smaller income. You know, the guys that live in River Rouge, the guys that live downriver, some of the guys that live in Macomb County. I know white guys that they don't come from rich families, you know, that when they hear reparations talk, they're like, well, Wayne, I never benefited off slavery. My family never benefited. Off. Why should I take some of my tax dollars? And I think that those aren't necessarily just Republican concerns. Those are average Joe you're Blow, like those white guy into the Democratic. Yeah. And well. so I think that if you find if you end up getting a candidate uh, that's pushing, like, let's say reparations or, in, you know, that's making that the bigger uh, topic, I think that a lot of down the road, you know, middle of the road, auto working guys that are struggling just like any black person. You know, they're paying their car notes and insurance, living check to check. They don't want to hear that. So, so you, you don't think that the the increase in discussion about reparations is a good thing? I mean, I don't have a problem with it. I think that this is it's a discussion worth having. I think you could make uh, I think you can make an argument for that in terms of because you've seen other groups uh, you know, been most of them have been their 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 uh, reward has been monetized uh, for their struggle, and we we essentially help build this country. So you could make that argument, but I think that. Uh, but you think politically, it may. I be think politically, precarious. right now, is 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 it would be something I would discuss. You know, after I got elected, as opposed <laughs> to something as I'm trying to get elected for. I guess is the way I would put that. Well, I think that's an interesting that's an interesting point, and it's something that part, political parties struggle with all the time, right? right? You have a set of ideas, you have things you believe very strongly in. Do you sell those to voters to get elected, or do you try to? You try to moderate those those views to get more votes for more people, and then try to lead from from within the office. I, I'm not sure that there's my any... fear as a as a black person is that I hope that people aren't looking at that as the the number one issue why they would support a candidate because they might end up being very disappointed after that candidate was to get elected. It would be very hard to get something like that done, no question. Yeah. I, I I guess for me, 
I'm a little more interested in the conversation itself. Right. The idea that inequality is I mean, baked a, in and there's our, other ways you could do it. Uh, education, you know, allowing kids to get their educations without going into debt. Uh, maybe that first down payment on a home so that because, you know, that's a, a big distinction of creating wealth is, you know, your home and going to college and not being in debt afterwards. So, I mean, there's a discussion that could be had. But I think, again, uh, you know, if you're talking about that, trying to get elected off that, that is going to be a big challenge uh, and you will lose. I, you know, this is just the reality is you will lose some of your white middle class voter that's looking at that like, you know, I don't like Trump's attitude. I don't like how he talks to people or whatever, but he's not about to give away more of my money to someone else. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is going to be, uh, you know, Bernie Sanders the same way. I, and I think that because you have some guys in the Democrat Party that are so, are, you know, coming such a personality like a Bernie Sanders uh, that if he's not elected, Bernie supporters are not going to come out and support uh, someone that they feel is not as I don't know, pure hmm. as Bernie Sanders. And I think that's going to be a challenge with having 15, probably we'll probably get up to 20 I was candidates. Say, it's, <laughs> it's early. Yeah. I don't know where that number will end. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and when we come back, we're going to continue Opposite Monday with Wayne Bradley. Uh, join us on the phones if you like. Brett Nips, Lanny, Linda in Midtown will get to you. If you want to join them, 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. We'll be right back with more Detroit Today. This is Detroit Today on 1019 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. It's Opposite Monday when we try to invite someone into the studio who sees the world a little differently than I do. In that role this week is Wayne Bradley, a political consultant, managing partner of American Urban Strategies, and former state director of African American Engagement for the Michigan Republican Party. We have been talking about local politics, national politics. Uh, If you want to join the conversation, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page and put comments there. Or you can go to Twitter and hashtag Detroit Today, and we'll work you into the conversation. Uh, Wayne, before we had the break, we were talking about this idea of the Democratic field for president in 2020 may be going too far to the left for voters. Right. I, I wonder, though, if given the, the, the behavior of this president and mm-hmm. his continued attacks on people who have not done anything to him and couldn't do anything to him, I wonder if the well, idea who, who, who is the attack that hasn't done anything to him. Well, I think uh, John McCain probably falls into that category. Oh, well, he hasn't and, done anything recently because right. obviously he's passed away. He's but let's let's us. not let's not confuse it because I I don't support the president attacking a dead man. So let's let's get that out. I don't there. think anybody would. Yeah, but when John McCain was alive, he was no friend of the president. He was not, and I, I mean, I he's he the one critical. that gave that dossier. And I think if you if you really look at it, that's his his anger with that is that he's part of the reason that we're still having this investigation that he looks at as a witch hunt. And so in his realm, he doesn't let, he doesn't let up off his enemies. <laughs> he does not. I, I, I personally don't think you should attack a dead man because a dead man is not there to defend himself, and that goes for John McCain, Michael Jackson, or whoever else it may be. 
Uh, but, you, you know, he's not in a position to defend himself, and the president should do better on attacking so, that. So I guess the question, though, is going into 2020, mm-hmm. does that continued behavior make it possible for Democrats to run even further left as a way of, of saying, you know, um, uh, people want something different. People are not okay with this kind of behavior from the president. I mean, I think that there will be a contingent of people that are not happy with the president's behavior, including Republicans. But when they look at what he's produced in terms of judge confirmations, uh, they look at the policy that he's put in place. I think that, uh, you know, the, the big thing before was, oh, Trump's going to take us on all these wars because of his temperament. And Trump is going to, you know, create all these different problems because of his attitude. In reality, that's just him. That's his. He's normalized, what, you know, what we consider outrageous behavior over the last couple of years. But nothing in terms of the global economy and we haven't went to any wars. I mean, he's actually you know, done his best to, in my opinion, uh, from the North and South Korea situation, he's done his best to try to not have wars. And he's pulled guys out of different countries. Now, again, you know, the military, they don't support that. A lot of Republicans didn't support that, but he does not, he's not a war guy. I, you know, I truly believe that. So uh, at the end of the day, it will come down to who the candidate is. I think that's going to make the biggest difference uh, for the Democrat Party. Is that it always does, right? Is, is the candidate. If they choose someone like a Bernie Sanders, uh, if they choose someone like right now, the Beto O'Rourke thing, is get, he's really hot right now, this week, right? But he's already been, he spent the last couple of days apologizing for making an off beat comment about how he hasn't raised his kids and his wife has done all the work and laughed about it, which a lot of guys, if you're a busy man, you can relate to what he was saying. But because of the way the media scrutiny is, everything has been, you know, has been taken a certain way. Uh, He had a DUI. I mean, these are the kind of things like, and I had people yesterday saying, why would the GOP put out that ad yesterday or that meme at you know for st patrick's day i was like he's on this is a big boy stage now when you run for president (laughs) you know your whole life is going to be uh under the microscope every mistake you've ever made to me that really argues against that two-year cycle i think the idea that anybody could survive that long with that media glare without taking major major hits to their to their credibility to Mm -hmm. to their image i mean it, it is very very tough and unlikely that you end up. I mean, even with Biden now, they've gone back and found videos of him talking about, you know, locking everybody up. And, you know, and so it goes, you know, to me, the, the longer your track record is, almost the more risky it is that you're going to get, you know, somebody's going to find something on you. And I think that that's the challenge. President Trump didn't have a track record before he got elected for politics. All his, his life was personal business and it was also entertainment. And so now you have all these different folks, Kamala Harris. Who, whose uh, record as a prosecutor, uh, what I would consider, that's her biggest challenge. Uh, I mean, but that's her job, to be a prosecutor. She's supposed to put people in jail, but she might have been in the process of trying to be elected to that position. She might have been overzealous in her approach to, to I mean, justice. It, it really does argue for somebody like Donald Trump who doesn't have such a long record that, in that it, way, right? Well, that, I think that was the biggest fear for all those folks when the guy from uh, Starbucks 
decided to run. Howard Schultz. Right. Uh, Schultz is because he does not have a background, and his background in business is successful. He does. He's paid his people more than the minimum wage. He's done all the things that the Democrats have wanted, but he decided. And this is the problem, you know, with the two-party system. It showed you how venomous it can be. Because if he'd have ran as a Democrat, I'm assuming they would have been cheering him on from day one. Mm. But because he said he was going to run as an independent, the knives came out. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the phones here, Brett in Ypsilanti. Brett. What's on your mind? Hi, thanks for having me. Um, So on Update Monday, I just wanted to, I guess, press the um, Republican strategist a bit on Michigan-specific policies. Um, And I'm thinking about environmental justice. Uh, That's something that I research at University of Michigan. Mm -hmm. Um, And as a person of color um, from Southeast Michigan, I'm presuming that you're aware of the vast disparities between environmental quality, environmental health outcomes, mm-hmm. um, specifically between uh, the people that have not and the have in our region, which includes uh, race and ethnicity, but it also includes income. Um, and I guess I'm wondering, as somebody who has consulted Republicans, um, why has nothing been done by Governor Snyder's administration, by the, by the GOP in Michigan, it, they favor industry. They created the Environmental Council, which has really stripped MDEQ of the ability under Whitmer to redress environmental justice. Um, and I guess I'm just wondering what your thoughts on that are. I mean, we yeah, don't have a, great. De- a definition of EJ. Uh, yeah, great. Uh, Brett, Brett yeah. I, I don't mean to cut you off, but we're going to run out of time. So I want to make sure we give Wayne a chance to answer that question. Environmental justice is a big deal. Republicans, I think, are probably on the wrong side of a lot of those issues. Does that matter? Well, I, I think, you know, this Now, this will go back to the way we cut up our maps, and that goes on both sides of the, of the aisle. Uh, when it comes time to picking our, you know, and this is a big issue, uh, politicians have been picking their voters, and voters have not been picking their politicians when you start and seeing we, the way these... we're stopping that. <laughs> well, they're, they're, they're claiming they're going to stop that, but well, I, we'll I, I, have, works, yeah, right? I have a, I have suspicion that it just, but, it'll be tilted. But to, should environmental justice be something that Republicans should be more focused on instead of being friendly to corporations? Well, I don't, I don't, I think that being friendly to corporations is how you bring in jobs. Uh, but I do think that there could be a better job of holding some of these corporations accountable when you do have uh, spills and things that affect these. Uh, I mean, look at the air quality here in Detroit, for instance, in Southwest. Well, I mean, our, so my thing is, area. those people have been, you know, some of those businesses are one, they're important to our industry here in Michigan, and they've been here a long time. So I don't know. Uh, if you've got those smokestacks and different things, how, how, what do you you know what do you do to correct that? I guess. Well, we'll, we'll I mean, qu- I, do you, you do you, you offer hold them accountable? You hold them accountable, and maybe you offer ways to move people out of those areas. Yeah. I mean, to me, I, I don't think that or move the companies or to where? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, to right. where? Someone we want them out of, right? out of another state. Yeah. Another. I mean, we want the businesses here. Okay, so. Wayne Bradley, <laughs> political consultant and former state director of African American engagement for the Michigan GOP. Always great to have you here. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming in. All right. That's going to do it for me today. I'll be back tomorrow. Hope you will, too. This is 1019 WDET, Detroit's public radio station, a community service of Wayne State University. We'll see you tomorrow.